0: What is going on guys? Welcome to my very first episode of my brand new podcast, The Macro Cap. On the podcast, we'll be talking food, fitness, and absolutely everything in between. We'll be hosting frequent guests who will range from food bloggers to fitness influencers, along with many, many more. We also really want to get the audience involved, so in order to do this, we'll answer five questions every week from some of our listeners. These questions can either be directed at the podcast, the host, or the special guests that we have on that week. If you'd like to ask one of those questions, be sure to keep an eye on our socials as we'll put up a question time post each week where you can ask the questions and we'll answer them for you on the podcast. For the first episode, I thought I'd introduce myself and tell you all a little bit about my journey and how I got to where I am now. For those of you who don't know, my name is Zach, but most of you will have come here from my Instagram, counting Zach Rose. On Instagram, I'm a macro-friendly recipe creator and food photographer. However, when I initially started my Instagram, it wasn't like that at all. In fact, my Instagram actually started as a way to help people and keep myself accountable while I was trying to bulk. Now, what I mean by that is I really wanted to help show people that you could still eat the foods you enjoy while maintaining physique goals or your fitness goals. As well as that, the accountability I needed was because I was quite small at the time and I really needed to gain weight. To give you a quick backstory there, I lived in England for two years from the age of 21 to 23 and I got quite fat while I was over there. This was literally just because I had a severe lack of understanding about nutrition in general and I drank a lot, like I just drank a lot, basically lived off packet lasagna. When I moved home, I continued on the same lifestyle for a couple of months until one morning I woke up and noticed some blurry patches in the top right hand corner of my left eye. I went to the optometrist and he shipped me really quickly off to the specialist in the next town over because I'm from a small town. So, you know, we don't exactly have specialists just lying around. I sat down with that specialist. He did a couple of scans and told me that a nerve was expanding in the back of my eye and was touching the back of my eyeball. He said this was because I gained quite a lot of weight quite rapidly. I didn't think two years was quite rapidly, but maybe I was wrong. But he said I gained the, gained the weight quite rapidly and... And that my body thought it was growing taller not wider so it started producing more cerebral spinal fluid or csf than it actually needed now this was getting caught in my skull specifically in a nerve behind the back of my eye was expanding and touching the back of my eyeball at the time i didn't really know like what the hell was going on or that this was even possible because i see you know overweight people and obese people walking around who don't seem to have much trouble with their vision at least they're not wearing glasses but maybe they just don't know so The the specialist basically told me that I needed a spinal tap and then I needed to lose weight. Now, this condition and what I was diagnosed with is called idiopathic intracranial hypertension. I booked in my spinal tap for the following week and then, you know, just jumped on Google and wrote how to lose weight. One of the first results that came up was to stop eating carbs. So, that's what I did. I just stopped eating carbs straight away. Uh, I dropped 20 kilos in 10 weeks or 18 kilos in 10 weeks, which is obviously terrible for you. I didn't realize at the time how terrible it was for me, but you know, I thought you know the quicker I can get the get rid of the weight, the better it is for me. Now this resulted in some severe body dysmorphia issues, as well as like a very very bad fear of eating carbs. Um, I thought the crumb of a chip or a single gram of sugar would make me gain weight, which obviously it doesn't. At the time, I just had just no understanding of nutrition. Um, so yeah, I just thought it would make me gain weight and I refused to eat it at all. Now, it wasn't until Christmas that year, so I'm talking Christmas 2018, I believe, um, that I actually had a car accident at work. Now, the accident wasn't exactly terrible. I fell asleep behind the wheel just due to lack of energy because of lack of calories, um, which was just from overall dropping carbs and eating nothing but veggies and meats. I was getting nowhere near enough calories for that. So what ended up happening was i just fell asleep it was about four o'clock in the afternoon fell asleep behind the wheel and ran up the back of another car after this i decided it was probably a good time to actually educate myself on nutrition that's when i stumbled across you know the if it fits your macros diet or flexible dieting now at the time i still didn't really know anything about this but i was following a few food instagram accounts which were adam or adam macros michael mja.food.fitness ash who is ash.hine underscore 96 and alan who is scrambled underscore legs i started following these guys and i just didn't understand how they were in the shape that they were in and eating the food that they were eating like these guys were putting chocolate on porridge which is carbs on carbs and i was like what is going on like there's no way i can do that if i did that i'd gain weight in a heartbeat I have these guys to thank massively for pulling me out of the rut that i was in and my terrible relationship with food so it was actually all thanks to these guys that i even started my food account in the first place so after i started my account i decided that's when to pursue my bulk so i bulked up from about 72 kilo to 80 kilo before i decided to cut again this was way too soon like i really should have just kept bulking at this point or kept trying to lift heavy and put on more size but At the time, you know, my body dysmorphia was going mental. I thought I'd gotten fat, so I just wanted to get shredded again. I decided to continue eating the way I was still eating, which was eating my porridge and chocolate in the morning and then continuing on with meals throughout the day. However, I unknowingly just dropped my calories far too low compared to what I actually needed. At the time, I was extremely active. I was doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu six times a week. I was hitting the gym six times a week. As well as that, I had a very active job that had me doing twenty-five to 30,000 steps a day minimum. Now, I did lose the weight and I got quite shredded. However, I really fucked up my relationship with food in the process. It really wasn't smart the way I did things, but I did them at the time because I thought that's the way that I could do them. And I also started eating for the gram. Now what I mean by eating for the gram is I would eat chocolate on oats every day and have these high calorie oat bowls just to show that I could and just to show that other people could too even though some days I didn't feel like them or there were some days where I just didn't need them. Now the worst part about this is I used to do these in the morning because that's the only time I could take pictures hence eating for the gram because I only ate them at times I could take pictures of them. This in turn only left me with boring meals throughout the rest of the day and nothing I could really look forward to and this is what really started my down spiral back into binge eating again. There's one night that really stands out to me as far as um, how bad my binge eating got to me while I was living in my hometown and I was working at the local pub, I had forgotten my meal prep that night and I thought you know a couple of chips won't hurt, uh, a couple of chips actually turned into a solid kilo and a half to approximately two kilos worth of chips looking back i just don't know how i didn't just stop myself but in the in the time and i'm sure anyone that's had a binge eating episode can relate to this you just you can't stop um your brain is like your brain just can't get full your stomach is full i honestly felt like my stomach was about to burst it was so full but at the time my brain just wanted more and more and more and more i actually went home that night feeling incredibly sore in the stomach Got a couple of hours sleep and actually ended up throwing up just because I'd eaten too much. Don't get me wrong, this wasn't the first time that I'd thrown up from eating too much or made myself sick from eating too much, but this time really hit me different because I thought I was past it at this point. It turns out that this was kind of just the start of this binge eating phase. Now, this was just before I moved to Melbourne, so I moved to Melbourne in October of 2019. My birthday is the day I did a 10,000 calorie challenge, which was a couple of days after I moved to Melbourne. I absolutely flew through that ten thousand calorie challenge, I'm not even kidding. I think I hit about twelve thousand calories and I did it fairly easily. I thought this was gonna be the end of my binge eating, but really it was just the peak of it and I just needed to slowly come down of it after that. There were a couple of times after this where I just smashed, you know, whole jars of biscoff and like followed that up with six donuts and I was really, really living an unhealthy life as far as my diet was concerned, but At the time, I thought that was just how it was, and I thought that's how I was going to be, and I thought it was going to be like that forever. At this point, I was also going out for brunch with another food blogger called Amy Flood. Um, I'm not actually sure if she knows this or not, but she really, really helped me with my diet at that point. So, we'd go out to brunch, and um, at the time, I was petrified of eating foods that I couldn't track in my fitness pal, but she really, really helped me get used to estimating the food. I don't think she knows that but she really really helped me get used to estimating the food and even sometimes just not tracking the dish and just enjoying it and just enjoying being out. After this and after eating like untracked every now and then or just having a couple of untracked days per week, I got kind of used to my diet again. So I Would do my meal prep my meal prep was fairly boring usually it was some kind of chicken rice and vegetable but then i'd also have my flexible meal which i'd have at the end of the night as well as quote unquote cheap meals which i'd smash on the weekend now i kept it like this for the most part right through the first quarter of 2020 Uh, and it wasn't until the first lockdown hit in march 2020 when i decided to stop tracking now the reason i stopped tracking is because i didn't want an extra stress on my body And I knew that if I tried to keep a handle on that, I would end up binging like I'd done before. I didn't want that to happen again. So I just stopped. Throughout all of lockdown in Melbourne, uh, I didn't track. The only things I tracked were the recipes that I made for Instagram. This really, really helped me eat intuitively. And I just discovered what it was like to actually enjoy food again without looking at it like it was a number. To me this was a massive step and I'm incredibly grateful that I actually did this. Whenever anyone asks me about the two most important things I've done around nutrition and dieting, it's, the first one was definitely learning how to count calories and learning how to track macros and the second one is stopping counting calories and stopping counting macros. That may sound stupid to a lot of people and it did to me the first time I sort of figured it out but it's exactly how it is. I think the goal of learning how to count calories and count macros, obviously, depending on your situation. Like, if you're a bodybuilder, then you're probably going to do it religiously for a few years at least. But the goal of counting calories and counting macros for your average person should be treated like it is school. Go in, get the knowledge, and leave it behind. I just wish someone had told me that when I very first started because I just got too obsessed with what was going in my fitness pal. Like, I needed to be able to scan it or at least track it and know the specific measurements. Otherwise, I felt like shit or I just wouldn't eat the food. But anyway, fast forward from March 23rd, 2020, right through until March 3rd, 2021, I didn't track. So, as I said, the only things I tracked were what I was posting on Instagram and that was just so other people had the macros and calories. So, if they made them, they would know what to expect. Um, I'm incredibly grateful that I did that. I think it really helped with the food freedom that I have right now. Uh, and my ability to say, you know, if I, if I track something and it's a little bit wrong or I'm a little bit over my calories or a little bit under my calories, I am just going, yeah, it's whatever because food is just like no longer a number to me. Food is food. In fact, the only reason I started uh, tracking again is because I started working with my coach, Dean Nolan. Um, He actually gave me the option to not track, however, you know, I felt very comfortable with tracking. I knew I wouldn't get obsessed this time around, so I thought I'd track anyway. We entered a maintenance phase, threw the calories in, tracked them just to see where my BMR was at. For those that don't know what a BMR is, it's your bezel metabolic rate. Uh, After we found out sort of where that was, maintained that for a little bit, tried to put on a little bit more muscle mass, and then pursued my most recent cut which started on the, I think the 29th of May or the 28th of May, just finished up on the 28th or 29th of August. And it was honestly the easiest cut I've ever done. Um, I was There was no food focus at all. I had no cravings at all. I wasn't really hungry, like overly hungry at any point. Um, I still got to eat the foods I enjoyed and I just feel like I really breezed through it. Now that brings us up to current day and that basically sums up why I started my Instagram account and why I do what I do. I really want to help as many people as possible find food freedom because I know what it's like to not have it and it's honestly a terrible, terrible feeling. A lot of people are really surprised when I tell them I've had my fair share of issues when it comes to food and my relationship with food, specifically the binging. For some reason, people don't expect me to have had any binge eating issues, but I can tell you I definitely, definitely have. On that topic, my DMs are always open to anyone who wants to talk about that kind of thing. I know resolving binge eating issues can differ from person to person, but if you ever want advice or you just want to vent or just have someone to talk to about it, feel free to hit me up in my DMs. As I said, they're always open. Now, I did say at the start of the podcast that we'd have five questions from listeners at the end. However, obviously, this is the first episode, so there's not really listeners just yet. Um, I thought instead I'll ask my... I'll answer my, rather, not ask myself, that'd be weird, I'll answer my five most commonly asked questions that I get on my Instagram DMs. The first one is always, do you eat the food that you make? Absolutely. If I don't eat all of it, say for instance, if I make a whole batch of blondies and I really don't want to eat all of it, I'll either share it or I'll make sure I at least taste test one. Some might end up in the bin, but usually I'll try and share it. The second most common question that I get is how do I eat the foods that I eat and still lose weight or maintain my fitness goals? Uh, The answer is calorie deficit or calorie maintenance depending on what your goal is obviously or surplus even if you're looking to gain weight. Um, At the end of the day calories in calories out is what matters for fat loss not necessarily for health but for fat loss it is a matter of energy balance. The third one is probably, uh, where do you find the inspiration for your recipes? Now, I just spend a lot of time on my Instagram explore page, and if I, like, the whole thing is just food, so if I see something that looks delicious and it's a higher calorie version of a food, I'll go, I'm going to make a a calorie-friendly version of that one. I get to work, and hopefully it works. If it does, then I post it. If it doesn't, then it doesn't. Another question I seem to get fairly often at the moment is when is my cookbook coming out? Now I'm doing all the work on my cookbook myself, I have no help. So it is just a little bit longer than I would like it to be, but it will be out before the end of the year, that's a certainty. The last question, now this one is more common than I think a lot of people think, and it's um, can I lose weight without tracking my calories? And the answer is yes, most definitely. If you don't want to track your calories, you don't have to. A simple concept of just moving more and eating less can get a lot of people very far. As far as diet, if you aim for about 80% whole food as well as a high protein diet, you'll keep fuller for longer and you'll probably end up eating less due to just not being hungry. Intermittent fasting is another great way to do this because it shortens your eating window, allowing your calorie deficit to be easily hit without actually tracking. That concludes today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I know there's tens of thousands of podcasts you could have listened to if you really wanted to and you for some reason chose this one. Thank you so much for listening and I'll speak to you in the next one.